Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. It's a brand new Flyers Daily for December 1st, 2022. Welcome to December. Welcome to the holiday month. And the Flyers are back in action tonight to take on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Looking to win back-to-back games, two straight. They did beat Tampa earlier this season, which is a good thing. We'll see if they can do it again. Tampa right now sitting in the third spot of the Atlantic Division of the Eastern Conference. Through 22 games, 13-8-1 is their record, 27 points. 6-4 and four in their last 10, lost their last one, plus 5 in goal differential. And the Flyers come into this game right now, 7th spot in the Metropolitan Division of the Eastern Conference through 23 games, a record of 8-10-5, 21 points, minus 19 in goal differential, won 6-3 in their last 10, and won their last game. 21 points, only 2 points back of the Washington Capitals, who are in the 6th spot, and the Flyers have played one less game. Three points back of the New York Rangers. We're scuffling along here early. 10-9-4 are the Rangers. 24 points through 23 games. 4-5-1 in their last 10. They've lost three straight games. So Flyers uh, will be back in action tonight. And they'll take on the Tampa Bay Lightning, who, as I mentioned, the Flyers played them their third game of the season this year. They had the two home games to open the season. And then their first road game was against uh, Tampa. It was that back-to-back with Tampa and Florida. And they beat Tampa 3-2 in the game. 38-24 were the shots in favor of Tampa. Carter Hart had an excellent game, made 36 saves, had a 947 save percentage. Both Tampa goals came in the first period. And in the first five minutes of the game, Steven Stamko scored both of them, both on the power play. Then the Flyers cut the lead midway through the period to 2-1. In the third period, they went into the third period rather down a goal. They tied it early in the third period on a power play of their own, James Van Riemsdyk, and then also Noah Cates with just a great individual effort play uh, is able to eventually put enough pressure on the Tampa D, get the turnover and a turnaround shot where he beat Andre Vasilevsky, high blocker, and that gave the Flyers a 3-2 lead, gave them the 3-2 win, and they got out of Tampa with two points on that night. They had their first back-to-back then as well. The next night was against Florida. That was their first loss of the season. Uh, But the Flyers will look to win two straight games coming up tonight against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, Tampa Bay, uh, when you come into any game against them, as we saw in that first matchup, Steven Stamkos, two on the power play, not a team you want to put on the power play when you got a guy like Stammer out there. Still got that great shot. And Tampa Bay right now, fifth in the NHL on the power play, clicking at 28.6%. Uh, odd thing is, is the PK is pretty darn good as well. About middle of the pack in the NHL, 76.9%, 20th in the league. But combined special teams, very good. And Tampa Bay is a team that has got so much depth and so much offense. And then great goaltending as well, obviously, with, with Vasilevsky. But 3.45 goals per game, 7th in the NHL, but allowing 3.18 goals per game, which is actually a little you know, higher than I thought they would be, they're giving up more than I thought they would. They're 15th in the NHL, so they're in the middle of the pack, but Vassy knows when's to turn it up a little hotter and uh, be a little bit better, and that's playoff time and Game 7 and elimination games. That's where he gets his work done. Flyers coming off that win over the New York Islanders. 
where they get the 3-1 win. thought Carter Hart was excellent in the game. Great to have Scott Lawton back. We'll see if we get a couple more players packed tonight. Perhaps Cam Atkinson, Travis Konechny, both practiced with the team yesterday. Could be getting closer to James Van Riemsdyk returning. So Flyers are starting to get healthier. Hopefully Tony D'Angelo, uh, who is day-to-day as well, returns for the Flyers in rather short order. Um, then John Tortorella is going to have a decision to make. Who is he going to scratch on the blue line? It seemed to me by his availability on Monday that Igor Zamula is going to get a lot of games. Maybe not all the time. May come out from time to time and you know take a game off, go upstairs and look at things from you know the press box when the coach determines that may be a good option for him. But it sounds to me like this is a player that we're going to see develop on that blue line uh, for most of the remainder of this season. So who will come out if D'Angelo goes back in? My guess is it'll be Justin Braun. And uh, we'll see if that is the case, if Tony D'Angelo can go this evening against Tampa Bay at Wells Fargo Center. Second game of a five-game road trip where we'll see Tampa tonight. We'll see the New Jersey Devils on Saturday, the Colorado Avalanche on Monday. And then uh, a week from yesterday, we'll see the Washington Capitals wrap up the five-game homestand. So great way to start it with a win over the Islanders. Full value. They earned everything they got in that game against the Isles. Uh, We'll see if they can repeat the performance tonight. That's the key, is they had a really good game, very detail-oriented. I think the hard work's been there about 98% of the time so far this season. That part hasn't been up for debate. But can you put one detail-oriented and pretty complete game together and then come out and do it in the next one? That's We'll see about that. And Tampa, obviously, a very good team, like the Islanders, a very good team. But the, the losing skid is now in the rearview mirror. That narrative is gone. And you can move forward, plus getting players back obviously helps out a ton. And Kevin Hayes has really carried the load for the Flyers from an offensive standpoint since they dropped the puck on the season. He continues to do it. Two goals the other night, one an empty netter, another right off a draw. Lucas Sedlak, I thought, had a tremendous game in uh, the center position for the Flyers with Hayes and Farabee. I just thought he was allowed those other two players in the neutral zone and in the D zone to do so much. And then I thought Sedlak was good on the four check, really good at, you know, picking up his man in the neutral zone and, and reading the rush attempts from the opposition, from the Islanders in that game. And I think his center play in the D zone down below the bottom of the circles is real good as well. Uh, he was a very impressive performer. I had the chance to pick the three stars of the game and I made Sedlak the number one star of that game. You know, he had two assists. Yeah. And Hayes had two goals. He was, Hayes was the number three star for me. But I thought Sedlak was the catalyst on that line, and has been—he's been impressive for a guy that's played the last three years not in the NHL and playing in the AHL. I think he's looked really darn good. Um, so it'll be the Flyers and the Bolts tonight. But let's get to a couple emails that came in. Jason Myrtetus at gmail.com. and Sean uh, shoots me this email. He says, "Hey, Jason, fan from Ontario, Canada, love the pod." Thank you very much, Sean. He said, I know the glass is half empty right now, but where we knew the season could go this way. Take a Selkie Award winner and a top uh, D away from any team and ha- see how they do. Obviously referring to Sean Couturier and Ryan Ellis. And he said, I see we are developing some depth in the mid to bottom six, and that'll go a long way uh, if their last few first-round picks hit, like Gauthier, Forrester, or New York. He said, my two senses, this franchise has just had poor drafting record for a very long time. The last decade has produced Couturier, 
Proveroff, Sanheim, some solid players, but no franchise players. Obviously, the Patrick Whiff put this franchise way back. A lot of overpaying in the free agent market to try and fix, and some key long-term injuries, and here we are. Hopefully, we can hit on our last few picks, and this year's strong draft class keep developing, which Torts will do. It can turn around quick. Penguins, Capitals, and Islanders are some of the older teams in the league, so we're a year ahead of regrouping, hoping in three years this franchise is set up for long-term success. Keep up the great work. Love the pod and your playlist. Cheers, Sean. Thanks, Sean. I really appreciate the note. Um, There's one name that you definitely left off of the last decade that they've drafted and developed and produced, and that's Travis Konechny. Um, Couturier, Proveroff, Sanheim, yes. uh, Good players. You're right. No franchise players. They haven't drafted at the top of the NHL draft for pretty much the entirety of that. The one time they did was 2017. When they had uh, some lottery luck and moved up to number two, turned out to be lottery unlucky because it was a two-player draft, and whoever the Devils didn't take, the Flyers were going to take, and just about every other team would have as well. Nolan Patrick and Nico Heischer, it was a two-player draft. But as we've all seen, Nolan Patrick, for a litany of reasons, some in his control, some out of his control, Uh, did not turn out to be a player worthy of being taken at the top of the draft. And that is a huge miss. And that, to me, that, you know, the the Nolan Patrick element is spread through the organization still. There's so many tentacles that lead back to the hub of Nolan Patrick. Kevin Hayes, for example, leads back to Nolan Patrick. They had to sign Kevin Hayes as a free agent that offseason because they knew at the time, we didn't know at the time, that... Kevin Hay or excuse me, that Nolan Patrick was not going to be available that next season. Or at least that it was a very good chance he was not going to be available that next season. So they brought in Kevin Hayes to fill that role. And then they figured when Patrick came back, Hayes could be either a 2C or 3C, and you'd have tremendous depth at the center position. Problem is, Nolan Patrick really didn't come back. And I, I mean, at this point, his career may be over. So that's part of it. Other than that, though, I mean, James Van Riemsdyk was signed by Ron Hextall to the seven-year or five-year, $7 million contract. I don't think there's been other, you know, significant free agent signings that they have made over the last period of time. They've made some signings, but I didn't think, I don't, I didn't think any of them were really exorbitant. So, look, they can turn it around pretty quickly, provided Gauthier, Forster, and York turn into players and I mean that's not a guarantee that's three players it, that's that's a high high hit rate and you got to look at other guys they have down in Lehigh Valley like Ronnie Adder what will he be uh, when he's ready for the NHL what will Bobby Brink be uh, these are some answers we just don't know yet well about Zade Wisdom or Elliot Denye all players that we have to see what they're going to be I think they will be fine in that uh, bottom six, maybe even top nine, uh, eventually, with what is already in the organization. But you still need that star player. They don't have that superstar or star type player like you had with Giroux for so long. You need that in an organization. You need a guy that you can send over the boards that is literally going to really scare the opposition. Uh, totally healthy right now, they don't have that player. And it's something that they do need. We'll see if that can be acquired in this offseason. I know a lot of people go, well, you had a chance at that with Johnny Gaudreau this offseason or Alex Dabrinkit, a 40-goal scorer, last couple of years with the Chicago Blackhawks. 
Well, you know, I mean, one of the things that people said is, you know, if you get Gaudreau or you get Debrinket this offseason, that's going to make the Flyers a bubble team on the play, for the playoffs, and that's not where you want to be. Look, I like both players. I do. Both are wingers, and both can score and put up points. But how have they helped their respective teams? The Columbus Blue Jackets have the second lowest points percentage in the NHL. The second lowest at three, or excuse me, third, at 381. Well, they're tied for second to worst. 381 with the Chicago Blackhawks. The Ottawa Senators, who acquired Giroux, who acquired Debrinket, have some other really good pieces. They're at the fifth worst winning percentage, points percentage in the NHL at 405. Those players haven't helped in those places at all. And you may say, well, it's only a quarter of the season. And I agree. It is only a quarter of the season. But we all do know about the number at Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving. If you're a playoff team at that point, you got an 80% chance of making it. If you're not a playoff team at American Thanksgiving, you got an 80% chance of not making it. Those are just the raw numbers based on history. But the addition of Debrinket in Ottawa hasn't been a whole heck of a lot. 8, 12, and 1, 17 points, and a .405 points percentage. Columbus, the addition of Goudreau, and I know they're banged up too. I do. 21 games, 7, 12, and 2, a .381 points percentage. The Flyers, through 23 games, 8, 10, and 5, 457 points percentage. So, you know, those guys are really good players, but they have to be pieces on a team that's got centers, and they don't. You need you need centers just a more important position than a winger. It's just the fact of the matter. All right, let's get to one more note. This one came via DM. Nick tweeted me, or DM me rather, and said, Hey, Jason, longtime listener and first-time questioner. Thank you. He said, I've been a Flyers fan since the 80s and have no plans to go now. Go anywhere now. Uh, this and last season, I find myself not unhappy that we're moving down the standings because the hope can can be that it's leading to impact players. He says, a little depressing to type that, but it is true. He said, looking uh, at the three schedule, at the, or excuse me, looking at the schedule based on the standings, we only have like three scheduled victories in our next 15. He said, I know each game is played because we can upset teams and end better then 3-12 and 12 over the next 15, but beyond looking at the draft and being hopeful, what do you suggest for staying upbeat? He said, I am liking the progress of players playing harder, but looking for some optimism. Thanks in advance, Nick. Um, I'd have to look at the schedule really in fine detail to figure out what three games over the next 15 you're talking about. So, I mean, if, if I just look at their schedule and go, I'll just go off the cuff real quick. I'm not going to go deep diving here, but of teams of the next 15 that they should beat. So Tampa tonight, Tampa's obviously going to be favored for reasons. Same with New Jersey, same with Colorado. Maybe one of them was Washington, the last game of the homestand, coming up on December 7th. Then I think then another one, so that's one. And that's four games right there. Then Arizona in Arizona is another one, so that'll be two. So you have Vegas, Arizona, Colorado, New Jersey. Um, then you have New York, Okay, so three would be Columbus on December 20th at Wells Fargo Center. They already lost to Columbus twice. And then maybe the last one would be 
San Jose. That I, that would be four and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. In thirteen games, I would have four in thirteen games that I think they should definitively win. And if you want to go a couple more, um, when they return home from that trip, there's some some games there as well. But um, look, as far as optimism goes. I can't say anything that's going to make you feel optimistic. They've won one game of their last 11. They're 1-7-3 and three in their last 11 games. The last game was good, and it felt good to end the losing skid. But I don't know that there's a lot, not a lot more pain in result to come this season. Now, what I can hope for this year is that we see the development of some younger players. We see some things start to really move in the right direction. I'm hoping that by the end of the year, this is a term I used when I was talking on Stick to Hockey yesterday with Bill Meltzer, that I'm hoping that eventually I get in February or March, you know, before the season's over, maybe in March, you start to get that flutter like when you meet a new girl in high school, (laughs) that flutter in your belly, you know, where you're kind of smitten and you you think things are going to be really fun and good, Going forward, you really like this girl, whatever, the whole thing. I'm hoping you get that feeling, that we get that feeling, that this season ends on a good note and we go, wow, we know about this guy, this guy, and this guy. These are really good players to move forward with. And we know that we're going to get a good draft pick. And, wow, we know we got some draft capital at the deadline and blah, blah, blah. That's what I'm hoping for. But between now and then, I don't know what's going to happen between now and then. Is there going to be another 10-game winless kid? Could be. I have no idea. No idea. A lot of it's going to depend on health. I know that. They're getting players back. Lawton was back the other night. I think TK and Cam Atkinson, who we haven't seen Cam Atkinson the entire season at, to this point. Maybe we see them tonight. And then James Van Riemsdyk, who you know probably will be here just until the deadline, and some others. And the team starts to get a little bit healthier and can start – you know, getting a little bit more consistent. You know, but this again, this season is not about losing. It's not about winning. It's not about tanking. It's about finding out what guys are and who's going to be here for the hall going forward and who shouldn't be here for the hall going forward. So, uh, thanks for the note, Nathan. Appreciate it. Thanks uh, to everybody or Nick rather for. Uh, texting in and tweeting in and DMing and all that stuff. Again, you can always send me notes. I love to read stuff on the podcast. That's how um, we try and make this a two-way conversation. So uh, I appreciate those as well. And we have other ones that we'll get to coming up. And any that you may have, you can always DM me at Jason Mert on Twitter, or you can email me at Jason dot, or not at, I'm an idiot, Jason dot Mertitis, M-Y-R-T-E-T-U-S at gmail.com. All right, everybody, tonight, Flyers in Tampa. Can they win two straight? Well, we'll find out tonight, and we'll break it down tomorrow on a brand new episode of Flyers Daily.